Hello, welcome to Surviving the Badge, where a bunch of retired cops are here to talk about how they survived the badge and their experiences that they had in their careers. I'm your host, Ronnie. I'm Camille. Um, right now, we don't have John. He's celebrating his wife's birthday. So, way to go, John. Have fun, all that stuff. Yeah, tonight we're going to dedicate our show to a 16-year-old Tate Meyer of the Oxford High School um, incident in Michigan. He was attempting to stop a school shooter and ended up succumbing to his wounds from that school shooter. But there's just no telling how many lives that this young man saved by jumping in front of this guy and trying to wrestle the gun away from him. He is an absolute true hero, and I wish that he was still around so I could shake his hand and tell him what a hero he really is. It really, it really takes a lot of guts to, to do what he did, and we, we, we won't know how many people were saved who could have escaped, but just the, I mean, a 16-year-old jumping in front and sacrificing himself for others. Unbelievable. Here's to Tate. Absolutely. Salute. All right. Well, let's, you know what? Let's talk about our beer moment. Yay, beer moment. What do you got for us today, Ron? I have, here's your glass. Thank you, thank you. I have Wonderland Nectarine Ale. It is by the Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, nectar. I love nectar. What nectarine is that? That's similar to a peach, right? What's the it what's is. the difference between a nectarine and a peach? I have no idea. I think okay. it's a little smaller. <laughs> is it? Yeah, maybe not as fuzzy. If you guys know what the difference is between a nectarine and a peach, let us know down in the uh, the comments. And uh, because you can catch us on YouTube, you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the whole nine yards. Absolutely. Oops, sir. Salute. Mm. Even before I drank it, I could smell the nectarine. Me that well, this that. is what it yeah. looks like. Let's see if you can see it. Wonderland. I know the light's kind of messing it up, but no, I like that. Man, that is pretty darn good. I like yeah, that. Sierra Nevada is usually really harsh for me. I'm enjoying this. All right, I'm going to give this bad boy a nine. Oh wow! My highest rating so far. I'm going to give it a nine. Absolutely. I can see myself giving it an eight for sure. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. It's good. I can I can drink it. I'm not like, ugh, ugh. Uh, <laughs> it's not dumpster water. Uh, <laughs> so it's really good. Um, with that, I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Kenny's Grocery. It's uh, um, they have 500, about 500, give or take, um, craft beers there. They're located at 1792 and French Avenue. Go in there and tell Kenny that you heard about them on Surviving the Badge. We'd also like to uh, um, thank our second sponsor, CNR Constructors, and Ronnie's going to tell us about that. They're a general contractor here in the Central Florida area. Um, they specialize in home remodels, commercial build-outs, and they can build everything from the ground up. So if you need some kind of construction work done, whether it be on the commercial side or on the residential side, please give them a call. Their website is www crconstructors.net. Thanks, guys. With that, we're going to go into our uh, fallen officers um, moment. Last week, I was uh, camping, and uh, the guys were trying to replace me with a pretty good detective. I was uh, yeah. listening live, 
And it was kind of funny. As Ronnie was asking questions, I'm answering. And right there, he's saying exactly the same thing. And my wife's like, oh, looks like somebody else is a good detective, too. <laughs> Did she say it like that? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, JT. And he is absolutely fantastic. I love working with JT. Great guy. And it was the GSR quest, or uh, yeah, GSR question. He came right up with it like that. That was yeah. Awesome. He, had, he had a he, he was spot on. I would have done exactly the same thing. Talked to the shooter last. Things like that. Absolutely. Um, so the last episode was November nineteenth, and since November nineteenth, four officers have been killed in the line of duty in the United States. Total of four hundred forty this year, higher than last year. And uh, one was from COVID-19, two, was, two were from gunfire, and one was a, a vehicle vehicle crash. There was an officer shot today. I think he um, will survive in Clay County, Florida. I did hear about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he was serving a warrant on a guy who lived in a tent or something. And okay. as he was executing the warrant, they, they shot, he shot at the officer's. And a, uh, but I think he, he, from what I understand last, it was uh, non-life, life-threatening wounds. So hopefully, okay, good. Uh, so to the ones we've lost, rest in peace. Yep. Salute. Thank Amen. you for thank you for making that ultimate sacrifice to keep all of us safe. We really appreciate it. I don't know how I made it through thirty-five years and. I mean, I can't say unscathed, but right. I have plenty of scratches and bangs and bruises and concussions and everything else. But just thank God, right? Thank yeah, God for that. We've we've all been in in the shit, and some of us luckily have made it, and others have given all in their sacrifice, and we we thank them. Um, so wait, wait, yeah. Don't you have a Baldwin update? I do have a Baldwin update. What? All right, let's hear about her. Let's hear about that asshole. <laughs> Our buddy Alec Baldwin <laughs> went on the on on the George Stephanopoulos show, and I I, I was dumbfounded when I heard the word. Actually, I, I really wasn't, and I'll tell you why. He he claimed that he did not pull the trigger. Yeah, what the actual. Hell, does that mean? So what he told, what he said, for the is, gun fall. Yeah, what he said is he drew the gun, pointed it, it went off. Yeah, it did not pull the trigger whatsoever. So um, my BS meter hit a million. Yeah. Oh yeah. And one of the biggest reasons is, and I don't, I, I see it a little bit, you know, on some blogs and some videos. This gun is a 1873 Colt replica. Colt. Uh, a 45 long Colt replica and it's a single action and I think we talked about this last time a single action revolver you can grab it and pull the trigger all day long it will not do anything right Be, it, to engage the trigger mechanism to make it fire you have to pull the hammer all the way back into a full cock position and then fire you actually have to pull the trigger before the hammer to full fall forward so, so when i heard that so I'm let like, me ask you this yes. if you pulled the hammer halfway back right but didn't pull the trigger correct halfway back it slipped out of your thumb and fell right would it fire no right um so this gun this particular gun has what's called a transfer bar right. in it the transfer bar transfers the energy from the hammer to the firing pin. Right. 
And the only time that that is in a position to transfer that energy is when the hammer is fully in lock position. If it's not in full lock position, that transfer bar is not in position to transfer the energy to the firing pin. Unfortunately, now let's let's talk the the minute possibility. There are some of these guns originally that did not have transfer bars. Okay. This is a replica. I, I, I am going to find I'm going to find it unbelievable rarely believe, I, I'm gonna very unlikely that this gun did not have a transfer bar. If it didn't have a transfer bar, okay, it could have gone off when if the hammer slipped but another thing is while you're pulling the hammer back it's rotating the cylinder right and the primer so would not be in position right. so if yet. it's halfway it wouldn't be in position right the, the primer would not be in right. position yet um all now now one thing he does have on his side is once the hammer is fully cocked back the trigger pull is very light, three pounds maybe. I was going to say probably two to three, yeah. maybe four if it's a heavy, heavy caliber. But right, forty-five is um, once it's once it, but nothing's going to happen until no. he pulls that hand. So can- there is there is there is the slightest possibility that this gun suffered a huge a major malfunction internally. There is that possibility. I don't think it it happened because they were using it on the, but. There's always that nothing is 100%, right? Right, nothing. So there is a very slight possibility that there was something internally wrong with the firearm. Not buying it, okay? I think he pulled the trigger. Now, that being said, I worked an officer-involved shooting um, because that's one of the jobs I did in my last agency is we'd go out to police officers who shot at somebody or shot somebody and we didn't do the investigation <laughs> there was a uh, a case where a lady was being it's like the old movie style the guy had the girl up here and it things happened i wasn't there it came later and they ended up shooting this guy i go out there and the guy was surrounded and one of the officers was outside standing behind a fence and where he told me he was standing First of all, he said, yeah, I just covered him. I didn't fire, you know, just covering. And then those guys fired, blah, blah, blah. And while he's telling me this, I'm looking at the fence, and there's a hole in the fence. And there's a shell casing on the ground. And I'm like, and we get back to the station, and we we collect everything. And he would have bet his mother's and children's life that he did not pull the trigger on that gun, which happens. Was it a sympathetic squeeze? Yeah, absolutely. It was a sympathetic squeeze, which explain what that is. If, if you're holding the firearm and you have your finger in the trigger and you're aiming wherever you're aiming and something startles you, something scares you, shocks you, hits you, anything like that, as a reaction, the body tenses. And when you tense, you fire the firearm accidentally. And that's why... Every single time we're clearing the building, we're doing anything else, and you'll see it in the movies. Now they finally caught on, most of them, you'll see that the finger is along the bottom of the slide out of the trigger guard just to stop the sympathetic accidental fire and the sympathetic squeeze. And and I've I've seen it several times. Yeah, where they didn't mean to fire, and then they didn't even know they fired. Had no idea. Right. This officer had no idea. When we told him, well... Your magazine's missing around. There's a hole in the fence where you were where you were standing, 
And there's a shell casing on the ground. He's like, shit, I, I had no idea. I, I didn't even think about it. Which I could understand if, and, and the thing is, I think Alec Baldwin's hurting himself by saying, I didn't pull the trigger. If he said, you know, it was accident or whatever. I don't ever remember pulling right. that trigger. I don't remember pulling the trigger is a lot better than I 100% did not pull it. Because trigger. let me tell you something. Those 45s, those old style Colt 45s, um, the revolvers, they are heavy as shit. Yep. And the handle is not that big on them, Mm-mm. you know. And if he pulled that out or pulled it out of here, wherever he pulled it out of, and he pulls it up to aim... Just the mere weight on that, if the dumbass had his finger on the trigger and just the weight of that, and he even moved a little bit, pow, it goes off. He wouldn't have known that he pulled the trigger. Not or didn't mean to pull the trigger. Right. And, and, and I think it's a good point. I didn't even think about, he may not have pulled the trigger. The movement of the right. hands. Right. He yeah. could have squeezed because yeah. they said, okay, Action and yep. just that action, you know, he tensed up for just a second. So, so last thing I'm, I'm going to say is none of this would have happened if he would have checked the gun. Absolutely. And and George, have you have you have you seen the comments from George Clooney? He's like, every single time you get the gun, you check it. Absolutely. Every and he's he's shitting on him pretty bad. And he's done a whole buttload of action he, movies. He's like, every time you get a gun from somebody, you check to see if there's ammo in it. And he didn't do that. We would not be talking about it. Everything would be fine. They'd be probably wrapping up the film by now. Yep. But no, he didn't check the gun. All right. right. So um, we're going to do a little bit different show tonight. We wanted to get that out of the way. um, But we're going to do a little different show tonight. We're going to do something fun. We're going to talk about... holiday season. Yeah. We're (laughs) going to talk about all of the times that we shit on each other. By practical jokes, by, you know, pulling one over on each other and this and that throughout our careers. Because, you know what, i got to tell you, if it wasn't for all the practical practical jokes and the fun and the goofing around and the kidding around and everything else, the job would have been unbearable. Would not have survived a badge. You, you can't go through 20 years, 25, 30, 35, 40 years of this job and just be... No. Stone-faced, unless you're a freaking robot. You yeah, just can't. No. <clears throat> no, no, And I know guys that's went 20 years, and they were straight-laced and never freaking cracked a smile and never, you know, were privy to any jokes or anything else. But he and, moved to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> and they're miserable. <laughs> you know, they're absolutely right. miserable people. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't be like that. So I'm going to start off your first one by, by prefacing that I was in the squad room when it happened, and... <laughs> I was very glad that this, the victim, the wrong victim of the uh, prank, uh, took it very well. All right, so we had a thing at the PD where me and this guy, Tommy, who worked there, greatest practical joker ever, I swear, we would take an ink pad, a black ink pad, and we had black phones, and they were office phones, and we would take the black ink pad and we would smash it onto the phone, the, the ear receiver. This was before cell phones. Yeah, before cell phones and all that other crap. <clears throat> and then we would hang it up. Well, it got so bad that every time you picked up a phone to answer it, you immediately took the phone and you wiped it on your hand to make sure there was no ink on it, and then you answered it. <laughs> I mean, that's how bad it was. Everybody got it. I got it. He got it. We all got had by this because you just never know when it was going to happen. So we had just 
me and Tommy <laughs> just inked one up good, boy. I mean, it was it was ready to go. And Camille's taking a stolen vehicle report, and <laughs> he brings the victim into the squad room. Now, we never bring victims into the squad room. It never happens. No, victims don't come in there. Prisoners, yes, because we had a chair bolted to the floor. We'd bring prisoner, you know, handcuff them to the floor. Or it, was, the it was easy to just knock out the report because we didn't have a place in the, in, the, in the lobby to write the report. So. so he brings her back to the squad room, and she's sitting at the main table where the damn inked phone is. And, yes, I know you're guessing right now what happened. <laughs> she says, oh, can I use your phone? Sure. You <laughs> She grabs this damn phone and she puts it up to her ear. She blah, 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 blah. And not only on one ear, but then she switches freaking ears and goes to the other ear. So I'm over at my desk and I look over and I I look at Camille and I go like this, like, don't let her. Oh, (laughs) and by then she had switched ears when I realized that she was using that phone. And I look over at her and her entire ear is black. And this is a white female. And I mean black, just coated. And I went, oh, my God. And I felt good because I'm not the one who did it. So I look at Camille and I go, I basically say, look. And he looks over and he goes, oh, my God. (laughs) So so she has just been victimized a second time. (laughs) So I I had to break it. Thanks to Serge. I had to break the news to her and I pull her aside and I say, ma'am. Um, I, I really hope that you are good at taking a practical joke. A good sport. And she goes, yeah. And I said, what? and she goes, but why? And, and she goes, oh, what? My car's not really stolen. <laughs> I said, no. no. Your, your car is actually really stolen. Um, we And I had to go through the whole thing that nobody ever comes in here. This is not for civilians. They're not supposed to really be in here, blah, blah, blah. And I tell her that both of her freaking ears are black with ink. And, of course, she reaches up and does this. And she goes, oh, my God, like that. And I go, ma'am, I'm so, so sorry. I'll help you clean it up. I'm so sorry. You're not supposed to be using these phones. He explained how it's it's an internal prank for other officers. And- so, you know what? She laughed. She thought it was hilarious. She even said that she's going to do it at her office to get back at some of the girls that's been messing with her. We took her in there and Gojo, and she's washing her ears with Gojo. This is about the only thing that would take the ink off, and I'm helping her with everything. We got her all cleaned up, and she was a great sport, but... Thank God. That's oh. a practical joke. Because I don't think... I, she didn't... I mean, that, that would have been perfect for tell the chief. Oh. I want to talk to the chief. Oh, God. Oh. Well, it didn't backfire. Th- I mean, it backfired, but it didn't backfire like that. Thank God. That one okay, but that's an IA right there, dude. We got so many cops with that. I mean, they would literally walk out of the squad room with one black ear, and we'd let them go on the road like that. We're like, oh well, and they go to calls with one black ear. And then, it was great. Have fun storming the castle. Oh, it was freaking awesome. All right, go ahead. So, so Ronnie uh, LT got his comeuppance. We. Uh, we would go shopping. We've been doing that for 100 years, right? And we'd go shopping, which is code for we'd go out drinking and just cutting up around Christmas time. And uh, But we didn't drive drunk. No, of course not. <laughs> so Designated driver. <laughs> we got back, and um, I, I told him, I, and this is very important, because I met at Ronnie's house, and that's where I left my car, and we went oh. and we came back. Yeah, listen to this. Whatever. So, so it's very important that I 
informed. I said, and and Ronnie and his family always put up the inflatable snowmen and Santa Clauses and all the Christmas stuff. And I said, I said, hey, LT, I'm going to steal your snowman. I told him right out, and he's like, oh, oh, okay, whatever. But to me, that's permission. So he goes inside the house. Hey, can I? And I shut off all the lights. I <clears throat> unplugged the snowman. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> this is the Grinch. <laughs> he looked just like the Grinch going across the yard, I'm sure, only twice. It would be awesome if it was on rain. <laughs> so I'm, I'm conflating it. Wait, who's with you? I'm not ratting anybody oh, out. John <laughs> was right there with you. So, so I can say I throw it in my car and I go home. Forget about it. I totally 100. Forget about it. Sleep in the next day. Blah blah blah. Yeah, because he was grunk <laughs> and he's hung over the next day. <laughs> um, about one o'clock in the afternoon, I inflate it. It's one of you know, it's a snowman, right? And I take a picture and I send it. I said, if you want to see your snowman alive again, I don't know, twelve pack or whatever, and the response. I, I, I've never seen him cuss so much in my entire life. Why was that? Why were you so angry? Well, because it was a $150 freaking snowman with twinkly lights inside of it and all this shit. It was like eight foot tall and all this. That's not why you were really angry, though. And I called the sheriff's office <laughs> and told them that someone had stolen our Christmas decorations <laughs> and reported a theft. And he tells me, if you want your snowman back, so now I'm like, Jesus, criminy! I freaking called the sheriff's office and made a crime report. So thank God the deputy had been around a while, and I call him and I go, Hey man, <laughs> you can cancel that report. Did you have him come by or did you have him call you? Well, the second time when I called yeah. him to cancel it, I just called him on the phone and and he says. Ah, one of your buddies got it, huh? I said, yeah, man, I am so sorry, dude. Cancel the report. And he's like, that's a good one. He said, I only had it about half done. I said, just cancel it. Cancel it. So, yeah. And, and I'll have you know, by the way, we got it back. Put it in the garage. The next year we opened it up. Yeah, the twisty light thing inside didn't work. So he still owes me a Those snowman. things happen. Yeah, Those whatever. things happen. Whatever. All right. Um, our special guest Sean was supposed to fill in for John tonight. We had a we had a special guest uh, Sean. You saw him a few months ago. He uh, he got a call out. Mm, I'm important. I got a call out. Uh, so he couldn't make it. He had some interesting stories. I'm sure. Um, speaking of frosties, there was a incident that I heard that you actually we used to carry we used to wear black uniforms and. There was an incident where a sergeant no longer had a black uniform. So one of my signature pranks, I was kind of the prankster. Let, let me let me preface. Go ahead. So now in modern policing, everybody has their own police car, and you can't do this anymore. So, But back in the day, they would share, um, like two people would share one car, you'd, and they'd leave it at the station. The guy would come in, grab his bag, whatever. It had a standard amount of equipment in it, but your personal stuff, you throw it in the seat, and then you take off. So you shared cars. It wasn't just your assigned vehicle. So this sergeant's car, the guy that normally shares with him, was off, and it was sitting there at the uh, station. And uh, so me and my stepbrother, Mike, God rest his soul, 
we went and got a whole bottle of baby powder, opened up his car, and squeezed this entire bottle of baby powder. It was one of the, you know, smaller size ones, into his AC vents. And then to make it perfect, we blew it off the edges of the vents so we wouldn't <laughs> see it or anything else. Then we turned the air. It was the old slide. You old-timers know what the old slide controls were on the old Fords. But put it on high and max. That was, and the, that was with the Ford uh, LTDs. LTDs. LTDs, yeah. Yeah. So we took the um, air vents and pointed them right towards his face, right towards his uniform, you know, the three that were there. And uh, so we waited for him to get in the car and this and that. So he, he comes in, does his thing, he fires up the car, and he drives out. And I'm like, holy shit, it didn't work. <laughs> I'm like, we did all this work and it didn't work. Well... Being a good employee like he was, it's not good to start a car with the AC on because back then they didn't have the electronic control where it didn't turn on until the car, you know, started. It would you were cranking the AC freaking compressor. Anyway, all of a sudden he leaves, goes down the road, and all of a sudden in a, in about I don't know a minute and a half, I hear this <laughs> coming up Reinhardt Road, and I look. Didn't you, didn't you? Didn't you say? That you, I remembered it vividly. I did. I wasn't there, but you always explain how you saw a car and just like white smoke just pouring out of it. It looked like it was on fire. <laughs> he had rolled down the windows and he's coming up the road, and the, the freaking whatever the powder is blowing out of these windows. He comes flying up into the driveway and he stops the car, and he gets out and he wore glasses. And when he gets out, he is now we like he said black uniforms. From here to here, he is almost completely white. His hair is white, <laughs> and he wore a he wore glasses. And the bottom of his glasses, I swear to God, they were that deep in freaking powder. And he takes them off. <laughs> it's just like a movie. <laughs> the circles when he took his glasses off, and he goes. And, and of course, we're standing there, Charles, straight face, and we couldn't. Dave, what happened? <laughs> we couldn't keep a straight face. We just busted out laughing, and he goes, "You son of a bitch! You son of a bitch!" And I mean, he was covered, so I was a good sport. I helped him clean it all, clean it all up, and everything. But we got like three other guys with that. I waited a few months. And we got like two or three other guys. None of them were as effective as him. It got to where you would reach in the car from the outside. You'd turn the air off and start the car. And you'd take your flashlight or your nightstick and you'd move the controller on and wait for the powder to come on. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But you know what? Everybody laughed. We had a great time. It made the day go by. And everybody started off with a laugh. Yeah. Yeah, it was freaking awesome. I, I I don't know why this sergeant was always the br- well, not maybe not always, but he was quite often the brunt because same sergeant. I remember. So we had these because long- he was always so serious. Was it? Yeah, <laughs> he could take a joke though, but he yeah. was just always so serious and just you know he's from New York. Yeah, and he just I don't know. He just but he could take a damn joke. I'll tell you because could. I remember um, remember those big. Um, long black zip ties. If you had a bunch mm-hmm. of people, you had to arrest. You've seen them. Or, you know, SWAT team comes. Zzz, zzz, zzz. So <clears throat> we had some of those, and I remember climbing into his car and zip tying 
the driver's side door to the steering wheel. So you couldn't open it. And you had to climb. He had. He actually had to climb all. If you had a call or anything or whatever, if you wanted to get in the car, you had to climb all the way over from the passenger side and take his buck knife and <laughs> cut the, the strap. And he's a big boy. He was like he's six. He's a big guy. Two hundred and fifty, two hundred and sixty pounds. And, I, and I, I'm like, oh my gosh! I hope there's not a hot call that he yeah. has to go to. Yeah, because the windows are up. You know, you can't just reach through the window and cut it. Oh my god! And we didn't think about that. I mean, I'm sure that. You know, if there was a hot call and he was delayed, you know, there would have been hell to pay. But, you know, we're in our 20s, man. We didn't think about shit like that, you know. Consequences, schmonsequences. But we had an absolute (laughs) blast. It was. So what about the um, dead grandmother well-being? You know, you know how well you get a call? Uh, Yeah, check on the well-being of so-and-so. So So I get and, and and we this is we're we're, we're moving a little bit past the uh, um. Practical some screwed up uh, calls that we've been on. <clears throat> so, well-being, you know, unit 18, I think it was 19. 19, respond to a well-being check. <clears throat> um, neighbors hadn't heard, you know, um, from this neighbor for a, a few days. And I'm like, oh, shit, dead body. Dead body. Dead body. <clears throat> so, I get there, and the neighbors are there. And we go, and the door's unlocked. And we go in, and the neighbors go in, and they go to the left. And I, I go to the right, and I end up in the master bedroom. And I'm walking into the master bedroom, and I see a chair, and there's an elderly lady in the chair. And she's honest to God. She's like this. And and she's, it looks, it appears as if she had gotten out of the shower and was getting dressed because she was naked. Well, she had, like, part of a bra on. Right, right. right? And she's like this. Right? <clears throat> and I walk up, and I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> so I'm about to call. Yeah, we got a you know signal seven, um, which is a dead person. And I reach in, you know, because you know, and you got because you got to make sure. And I'm reaching in to check the pulse. And as soon as I touch her pulse, she wakes up, <laughs> and, and she goes, "Oh!" That's it. I, I almost shit my pants, dude. I go, oh! <laughs> I honest to God thought she was freaking dead, oh. and she. She scared the crap out of me. You can't make this shit up. I'm telling you, you can't make this shit And and I'm I'm like, <sighs> yeah, I'm um, scared, ma'am. Um, your neighbors were worried about you. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, right? Oh, God, it, I think I lost five years off of my life. Oh man, I'm telling you, yeah. It, it, it and dead body calls, they're the worst, man. I, I went on one. <laughs> Curtis was out there. It was like one of his first ones that he went to. It was off Wood Street. You remember? Oh, that Wood one. Street and and Weldon. Yeah. And he goes into this call and he walks in and <laughs> I knew what was in there. He goes walking in. And he goes. He goes. He goes. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Oh my god! Yeah, she, this lady, poor lady. She had been in there for like it was, I don't even it was, know. It was three to four days because yeah. I lived it. And it's the summertime, no air on, and every oh yeah, it was terrible. Those are the worst kind of calls you can possibly ever go on. Um, Pat and I worked that case. No, no, was it Pat? Um, Todd and I worked that case, and we got there, and it was hot. Oh my god, it was so freaking hot, and she was dead. And remember, we had to we <clears throat> we did a. Um, Patrol on it. Yeah, or, I mean we had to stay until after the autopsy because we weren't sure if yeah. it was a natural or. So we we yeah we get to the autopsy. Oh my god, her face was just green. Yeah, and then 
she was bloated, and when they cut into her, she was like, yeah, oh, it smelled so bad. Oh god! And so Todd's sitting there; he's putting that Vicks on the inside of his mask. All that does is open up. So no, I learned a long time ago: you you breathe through your mouth, you put a mask on, breathe through your mouth, and just suck it up. But so, yeah, it was, it was a natural death. But. So we're over on, at a house, and we knew about this house that and, and the uh, stuffed animals that were in this house. Stuffed and we take, oh, oh, you shit. remember yeah. Keith? You remember Keith? Yeah, yeah. I, he, I was partnered with Keith for a long time. So we take Keith into this house, and <laughs> <laughs> it's an alarm call. <laughs> and we're walking through this house, and, and my dad and I, we knew what was in the house. And we're walking through here, and I, I LT's dad worked for the same agency. He, he he worked there for a long time, and he was he was my sergeant. Yeah, he was. So we go through this house, and we tell him, "All right, go check that room." It was a living room, and it was just off the living room by the fireplace and the mantel. And there's this freaking bear, a full grizzly bear, right? Grown grizzly bear, and it's standing here like this with its claws out, and it looks real as hell. So he gets pitch black in this house, and he goes around the, this thing, and he goes, all of a sudden I hear him go, oh, my God, like that. <laughs> and and I, I hit it with this flashlight, and this goddamn bear was right in his face, and I thought the guy was going to have a freaking heart attack. <laughs> but it was great. I mean, you know, just some of the some of the messed up calls. I mean, there was five million of them. You know, my uh, my very first call with with your dad. Um, the brothers on. Oh, don't no no stinky brothers. No, come on, man. I, I'm 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 you know freaking twenty years old, ready to charge hell with a bucket of water. Oh. And I'm ready, and we get a call about somebody throwing rocks at the brothers' house. And uh, Benedict Brothers. Well, I didn't want to mention. I don't that. care. And and your and your dad's like, oh uh, yeah, my trainee will take care of that. <laughs> yeah. He was good about sending his trainee to do that. So I got my uh, I got my uh, my report folder, you know, my the the metal thing, and I'm walking up, you know, you know, la la la, and he's like, "You won't need that." I'm like, "All right, whatever." And honest to God, thirty feet thirty feet from the house, I can smell death, the the nastiest stuff you can imagine in this house, and I'm like. And they weren't dead. And they weren't dead. <laughs> they were sitting on the porch. Yeah. And I, These and I, two and did and not I, ever take a bath, ever, like ever. And the sheets on their bed had the outline of their body in black. Mm. I mean, it was, oh, the most disgusting thing you ever seen. So I, I get up to the porch, and, uh, and, and they're saying, yeah, somebody threw rocks at my house. And as a, as a good trainee, I'm like... Uh, you know, taking a report, I'm like, yeah, gagging the whole entire time. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was wishing you had a rebreather on. So, so I, 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 I look back behind me and I'm like, where's my Sarge? Oh yeah, he's out at the road. <laughs> yeah, he's out at the road, sitting in the car, just laughing his ass off because he knew he knew what I was in store for. <laughs> I don't know how many trainees that I set up to that house and said, yeah, go talk to him. And they're like, okay. And they get out and they get about halfway up to the door. And they turn around and look and see where I'm at. These guys were harmless. They didn't have any weapons. Oh, no. They were, they were a little touched and they were completely harmless. But I, I, I did the same thing. 
<laughs> sat out there and said, oh. yeah, go talk to him. But make sure you have, tell them to come outside. <laughs> no, you don't talk go inside. Don't go inside. I, I, looked in, I looked once inside. <laughs> the door was open. And honest to God, it was shit from floor <laughs> to ceiling. Just stuff, like newspapers, and it was just paths. Oh, it was. It was. It, it was. It was like, how, what? They what had the, from from the edge of the path. Okay, it went straight up at an angle like this to the ceiling, and literally there was a foot and a half, maybe yeah. two foot path through the garbage, trash, and just <clears throat> junk to the rooms, to the bathroom, and to I think to the kitchen. There was grease in the pan. I went in there one time. I had to go in there. You went in. It, you went in. The one brother died. We had to. Oh God! I never I, went in. Thank yeah, God. I went in with a rag over my face, and there was grease in a pan this thick, and it had black mold and oh, shit God. in the grease. And right next to it was a plate. It looked like they just ate off a plate. And I was like, Oh my God! Yeah, it was. It was disgusting. So, anyway, the glorious part of police work. That's, yeah, that's that's when I realized. Shit, this got real. <laughs> Police work is not as glorious as it is in the movies and the TV shows. And now you know why we played the pranks on each other and messed with each other. I mean, if we had a rookie and that rookie left his car door unlocked and went on a call and left his car door unlocked, when he came back to the car, there was nothing in the car. All of his personal effects were gone. Because somebody had come by, one of us had come by, taken them all out of the car, put them in our car, and left. And it's how you teach them a lesson. Yep. Lock your damn car door. I, I remember, I don't know if it was Todd or, or Pat, one of them, had their report um, folder wrapped in evidence tape. And the evidence tape, Todd, with, yeah, it's Todd. <laughs> and evidence tape doesn't come off. No. It's not like duct tape. Shh, okay, it's done. No, evidence it tears off in little tiny pieces. pieces, and it's like shh, 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 that was that was me and Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> that was Curtis and I. Yeah, we wrapped him up good. Yeah, wrapped him up good. Ah, good shit. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's just. But you know what? And I still had a ticket book where I had left it laying and walked off and left it. And if you, everybody knew, if you left, unless you told somebody, hey, I'm leaving my shit lay there because I'm going out to get this victim or going to get this, don't mess with my stuff, then you were fine. Nobody would mess with your stuff. But if you just walked off and drove off and left it and left it at the station, you'd come back and it'd be taped up solid. I mean, like a bundle like this. <laughs> it's clipboard this thick. Oh, yeah. So, you know what? But it, it was a lot of fun. We had a blast. And everybody went home. We were all friends. We went home, slapped each other on the back. We laughed about it. And it was just a brotherhood. You know, and, and, and Linda, Linda, she was the worst. <laughs> she was a female sergeant, and she was the worst. I mean, she would throw donut holes across the squad room, white donut holes, and hit you in the uniform, and then you're in there trying to clean it off. <laughs> I mean, she was the worst. So so it wasn't like just a boys' club. It, she was right in on it, man, I'm telling you. Wasn't it, your, wasn't it your dad who put an old shrimp in a bag behind somebody's, um, in the back seat of somebody's patrol car? No, they got me. Well, they got you. Yeah, yeah, because I had messed with a guy we called Trooper. His name was Scott. When I was in the drug unit, okay, and I had messed with him, so he got me back by putting a shrimp 
and pulled the back seat, the back part of the back seat, and stuck it in there. I thought I had an exhaust leak. It was so bad I couldn't stand it. And I told my sergeant, I go, I got to go take this car in, dude. I can't stand it. It's gagging me. It's got to be an exhaust leak. And he goes, okay, we'll do whatever you need to do. Well, he was in on it. You know, or he knew about it. And he goes, well, hold on a minute. Don't take the car into the shop yet. They go out. When we pulled the shrimp out, it was black liquid. It had been in there for three weeks in the Florida sun in this car. And thank God it was in a plastic bag because it didn't stain, you know, didn't get into the cloth. But it didn't you know, damage anything. No, it didn't damage anything. But, I mean, that's the kind of shit that we pulled on each other. And, man, I'll tell you what. If there's anything about the job that I miss... It's that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, and they don't do it anymore. None of that stuff happens anymore. And the guys are always at each other's, you know, they're always scared somebody's going to get them tomorrow and everything. They don't have any of that anymore. And it's a damn shame. It really is a shame. As I was leaving the department, it got so bad that everybody was even afraid to tell a joke or anything. And I'm not talking about a racial joke or, you know, a sexist joke, just any kind of joke. Guys were even afraid to tell just the simplest joke. Like, hey, a horse walked into the bar. The bartender said, hey, why do you want a face? I mean, just guys were worried about yeah. everything when I left. And it's a damn shame. It really is. Yeah. It's but a tough environment. Yeah. Society. It that's is. what society is today. So, listen, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you had a lot of fun. I know we had a lot of fun telling the stories. You know, it, this was part of the best part of my career was the jokes and the fun and the camaraderie and the good time that we had. I hope it made, if you guys are in law enforcement, I hope it made you laugh. Maybe it gave you some ideas. Maybe you got some, <laughs> you got some, some great partners that, that won't dime you out, and you can go do this shit to them. And have a blast and laugh about it and have a good time. Um, you know, leave us a comment down below. Um, you know, if, if you want to see us do other kind of things and talk about other things, please leave us a comment. We, we love to read your comments. I go through every single one of the comments and I try to respond, even if it's with a like your comment. Um, but make sure you like and subscribe down below. We really would appreciate it. We're available on Apple Podcasts. Um, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, we are available on that podcast um, solution for you to listen to us. Listen on the way to work. Hey, you may learn something or you may just get a good laugh and it put you in a good mood before you go to work. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I know that laughter, they say laughter is the best medicine. The shit that officers see... Throughout oh a career, God, man. you got to augment that or offset that with some good laughter because you see some stuff that I, I still think about today. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and without that humorous time, without those good laughs, those really deep belly laughs. Yeah. You know. Like we did tonight. Right. I, I think that there would probably be a lot more um, officer suicides, which we're going to cover in the upcoming, probably in the new year, because this is this is the holiday season. We wanted to be a little light, um, but you just got to laugh. You got You got. You can't take it so serious that you're you can't laugh. Um, <clears throat> like Ronnie said, follow us. We're uh, we also have an email if you want to give us a uh, uh, an idea. Uh, RetiredCopsRule at gmail.com. Yep. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Um, 
you know, and I know we were going to send out some stickers. We're going to, we've got, we got to figure out how to, we're going to do a, like a lottery or something or a, a contest. Yeah. We're going to do a little contest. Well, Josh, right, guys. well thank you very much. And just remember that at Surviving the Badge, we still we got, got your, your six. six.